1: The mask! And no, I'm not talking about the Jim Carrey movie. yet. Yeah, President Trump has started promoting mask wearing on Twitter, a major shift. And almost immediately, the stocks that benefit from a reopened economy were higher today. And that's how the stodgy Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 160 points, outperforming the SP 500, which advanced 0.17%, but trouncing the NASDAQ, the non mask wearing tra- NASDAQ, 0.81%. The Kramer COVID-19 index is out. The recovery stocks are in, at least for today. Now, look, if all that seems crazy, you just haven't been paying attention to the news. Our country has the worst coronavirus outbreak on Earth, in part because we turned wearing a mask into a culture war issue with disastrous consequences. But that may have changed last night. That's when the president tweeted a stark black and white picture of himself wearing a face mask. with The explanation, quote, Many people say that it's patriotic to wear a face mask when you can't social distance. There is nobody more patriotic than me, your favorite president, end quote. Faith? <laughs> uh, well, kind of the only one, but fave. Uh, all right, why does it matter? Because, because President Trump's been the de facto leader of the anti-mask faction. That's why. He spent months refusing to wear a mask in public and framing this as an issue of personal freedom. That emboldened a lot of people to take ridiculous stands against mask mandates, invoking, of all things, the First Amendment. Yeah, the founding fathers had this in mind when they came up with it. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen this rebellion against masks all over the place. Mask-free bar hoppers in Florida couldn't resist being close enough to easily spread the disease, which may remind you is one of the most contagious viruses in history. When Costco announced its mask requirement at the beginning of May, they came under fire from the no-mask contingent. You had people all over the country, the Karens among them, calling for boycotts based on the idea that these mask mandates were promoting hysteria while taking away hard-won civil liberties. Basically, the critics assumed that taking the pandemic seriously would be bad for business. But in reality, taking it seriously is what lets you go get back to normal. Just look at the rest of the world. This never should have been a culture war issue. Costco was simply taking its cue from the CDC. If we can get enough people wearing masks, we can stop the virus from spreading. We'd be in much better shape right now if everyone just listened to the public health experts. Instead, we got surreal videos of people angrily refusing to wear masks at all sorts of stores. A security guard in Michigan actually got murdered for telling a customer to wear a mask. Have you seen Florida Man, by the way? Then last week, the governor of Georgia... Brian Kemp, sued, this guy's an elected official, so respect that. He sued the mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Why? For implementing a mandatory mask law. Now there is the Oliver Wendell Holmes of governors. Kemp argued that, quote, her disastrous policies threaten the lives and livelihood of our citizens, end quote. The mayor defended her position as simply being in sync with the federal government's health care ex- experts. Honestly, you know what kept satellite to me? It sounded like a throwback to the older strain of Georgia politics. Back when states' rights politicians like Lester Maddox used to defend Jim Crow by framing desegregation as Washington overreach. Back then, they wanted to defend the fraud that was separate but equal. And now they're going to back to give me convenience or give me death. All right, but a funny thing happened in spite of all this public outrage. First, Costco reported fabulous, magnificent eleven percent same store sales growth. While the anti-mask contingent might be noisy, most people like shopping and safety. I think that they have another principle. They don't want to die for toilet paper. Once other companies realized they could risk ordering patrons to wear masks without losing customers, we saw a wave of masks requirements. Walmart, Walgreens, Target, Kohl's. See, that stock actually went up The CVS, you name it. It's just the responsible thing to do. The move is so pronounced that even when Winn-Dixie, the southern chain in the anti-mask Quartland, which didn't seem to want to fall in line with masks, changed positions yesterday and announced a mask mandate. How could they not? Turns out the states that resisted mask mandates have had the biggest spikes in COVID cases. More cases means more hospitalizations. And when hospitals get overwhelmed, states have no choice but to go back into lockdown. So everyone's realized that masks are now are how you avoid shutting things down. No mask, no freedom. (laughs) I'll tell you, no mask, no job. Plus, name me another northerner. Name me a northerner who wants to go south on vacation now. I know I'm gonna take a pass unless I can get under the dome into the NBA bubble. I'll go to the bubble. If they invite me to the bubble, I'm in. And, and that's where the president comes in. Now that he's equated wearing a mask to being patriotic, he switched sides, and I think he'll take many of the anti-mask cohort with him. Suddenly, if you don't wear a mask, you're on the wrong side of the nastiest president. Wow, The mask critics tend to be strong Trump supporters, to put it mildly. So this is a big deal. The Republican senators are scared to death of him. They'll be converts now, too. And he'll be a nice president. The result, if we can get nationwide mask compliance up to 80%, we can contain this thing like they did in Asia and Europe already. Taiwan, Japan, China, Vietnam, and South Korea have all returned enormously. They're actually going to games. They're having a good time. They're enjoying their lives, mostly because they wear their darn masks. As Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce, told us when he helped to unveil a million-dollar contest for young people to design a more enticing mask, we can crush COVID in three weeks if everybody covers their face. Maybe he's being hyperbolic, but there are plenty of informed Public health officials who agree 21 days and we can get this thing under control. Maybe we can end this darn nightmare that makes us all sit up at night and scared to death and afraid to go outside, at least until we get a vaccine. I wish the president had come around to mass sooner, but uh, never. It's better late than never. His new stance cuts the legs out from under the anti-mask crowd. Plus, we now have so many good masks available, including ones that are as comfortable as Hanes briefs made, of course, by Haynes. Same stuff they use but for briefs Throw in the possibility of another stimulus package coming in. It's no wonder we got a continuation of last week's rally in the recovery stocks. Mostly the two-thirds of the S&P 500 is still down for the year. And that's how you get the lag in retailers to run. It's how you get an increase in oil prices aided by a weaker dollar. The rising crude couple of Chevrons and acquisition of Noble Energy for next to nothing has put a bottom under the oils. It's partially Chevron and Pioneer if you want those stocks. It's why the bank stocks can charge ahead or about two of the most COVID-sensitive stocks around, Disney and Starbucks. Yeah, they rallied nicely. Coca-Cola reported this morning. People took heart that the quarter improved as it went on. As America reopened, China's turning positive. Moved Pepsi up, too. Even lowly warm Foot Locker managed to run in sync with VF Corp, Nike and PVH, the stocks that are viewed as being shopping stocks. Now, how long can this rally in the recovery stocks continue? Look, if the president presses his pro-mass bet, I think this stops being a culture war issue and America can finally get its act together. We won't have to hang on everywhere from the Journal of the American Medical Association or the Lancet about some phase one vaccine trial that may never amount to anything. We can get this thing contained with masks and social distancing, just like the rest of the world. When this outbreak first started, I went all in on masks, buying a stock of them on Amazon when they were still there for the taking for like nothing. Initially, I felt pretty lonely wearing them everywhere and gave some to hospital people. But it was the right move. Remember, masks aren't really about protecting you. They're about protecting other people in case you're infected. Although I know young designers between the age of 15 and 24 are hard at work right now creating masks that protect you and others as part of the dot slash mask competition that we put together. Bottom line, if the President of the United States keeps encouraging people to wear masks rather than discouraging them, and he just did again tonight promote masks, well, it makes it much easier to flatten the curve because the no-mask contingent listens to him, fears him, cheers him. With enough mask wearing, we can beat this thing long before we get a vaccine, although it's still going to be weeks before we see any progress. So please be patient and don't give up on your mask. Paul in California, Paul. Yes, hello, Mr. Kramer. This is Paul Cobell here in California. I want to make it brief, please. Camping World is the notion in my mind and the chart is incredible. They just went ahead and they raised their dividends 12.5 percent and the special dividend 9.9 percent. And finally, advanced five people inside that corporation to better positions, acknowledging the CFO is Taryn Bell. Help me, Jim. Do I hang on? Do I let go? Do no, I No, you do You hang on, Marcus Lamonis. First of all, the company's always doing well, but you had obviously a downturn. It is one of the best plays on the outdoors that there is. And he's a good manager and a good man and I would buy the stock even up here. Let's go to Aaron in Illinois. Aaron. Hi, Jim. Been listening for a while. My first time calling. Uh, okay. My
2: question is about Ticker OXY, Occidental Petroleum. Bought them 14, had a big jump today. Curious to hear your thoughts about the company.
1: Well, I mean, it did. It got oversold. It went all the way down. But I've got to buy quality. I can't buy... Uh, a company that has such a damaged balance sheet. I think you should buy Parsley Energy, P E, which is now down to the, the least flaring of any oil company in the country. So it's the most environmental. I like the fact that Trump, right now, even as we're talking, he's urging mask wearing. Urging. Wow. Lynn in Texas. Lynn. Hey, Jim, a big Texas booyah over here in Spring, Texas, with face
3: masks on, of course. Hey, my stock question is on ADS, Alliance Data Systems.
1: They're in the rewards cards business. Provide marketing data to the companies they represent. They tanked for COVID. Right. They were previously flying above 400 just north of it and then sank to about 28. Oh, but, but, you know, Lynn, they missed the quarter, missed the quarter, missed the quarter, missed the quarter, and then missed the quarter. I mean look, I will look at it again because Lynn from Texas wants me to look at it. I will look at it. But I am glad we got people out in the 200s. So let me come back. We'll look at it. Ben Studdle and I will go over it and if we think that there's a real comeback in there, well we'll do it. Okay, guys. Things maybe maybe times they are changing. It's all about the mask. Just put it on. Okay? Oh man, money tonight. Twitter is still reeling from the colossal hack that took place on his platform a few days ago. Are other organizations at risk? Tonight, I'm talking to one company that's working to help keep your data secure. And I've never seen a movie like this. I'm breaking down my views on the NASDAQ and Logitech posted better than expected results, but it didn't seem to help company shares today. I'm going to break down the numbers with the company's CEO. So I urge you to put your mask on like the president says and stay with
4: Kramer. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com to start saving.
1: When it comes to the work-from-home tech stocks, we got a high-quality problem on our hands. Many of these names have run so far, so fast. Their valuations. are <laughs> They're getting too hard to swallow. Take Kramer family fave, Okta, O-K-T-A, the cloud-based security software company that handles login and verification credentials. Some of it needs extra protection when millions of people are being forced to work digitally from home. Just look at what happened to Twitter last week. Okta's been a huge winner for us here. The stock's now up roughly 140% from its March lows, even as it's pulled back about 14 bucks from its highs earlier this month. At these levels are pretty expensive. Stock sells for 26 times next year's sales estimates, but it's still got a great long-term story. Hard to justify, but wow. Can the thing keep climbing? Let's take a closer look with Todd McKinnon, the bankable co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Okta, to get a better sense of how this company's doing, where it's headed. Mr. McKinnon, welcome back to Make Money. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be back on. Okay, so, Todd, people always ask me, what do you do? And we got this pandemic, and I think it's what you do at your best. There was a recent conference call, May 28th, where FedEx, you described, where your co founder described that FedEx wanted to be over a long period of time transitioning to you. But what ended up happening?
2: Well, FedEx at the beginning of COVID-19 and the shelters in place, they had a big challenge. They have they operate in 220 countries and you know, 98% of the world's GDP goes through those countries and through FedEx. And like everyone else, they got the fast forward button pushed on their digital transformation. They had to get online, they had to get all of these 85,000 employees connected remotely to their system so they could c- continue to be effective. And we were able to partner with them and help them do that. So they got all of their cloud applications rolled out through Okta, which enabled them to be productive, but also to be secure at the same time. So it was a great um, teamwork between us and FedEx, and we're happy to have them as a customer.
1: So 36 hours, you transitioned 80,000 employees? Yeah, I mean,
2: that's the beauty of the cloud, Jim. You know, there's no infrastructure to mess with. There's no detailed, low-level things for the customers to do. Uh, We've built this service, and it can facilitate that transition, and it's off to the races when they want to go.
1: Well, we have a a fabulous staff here, and one of our members uh, told me you ought to ask him about what Seton Hall did, because she goes to Seton Hall Business School, and she loves Okta, and I think that people who are going to be going to school online better learn what you do for a good student.
2: Yeah, it's, it's this idea that we are, we're all about identity and helping customers be successful with identity. And we forget how prevalent it is in every industry. We've talked about a global logistics and transportation company, FedEx, and it's not just there. It's also a, an organization like a university, Seton Hall, which has 10,000 students, which guess what? The most in-person thing you could imagine is going to college, right? But they had to get remote too, and they had to get online. And we help them roll out the applications they needed for their 10,000
1: faculty and students to be successful in this new world we Now, you also, uh, there's a great quote that you talked about, about, let's say uh, Workday needs help. Microsoft needs help. Google needs help. Microsoft, uh, uh, Salesforce needs help. They turn to you because you are like Switzerland. You're the neutral third party that everybody trusts. Uh, how did you earn that reputation, and why is everyone saying, you know, what I can give it, I can give business to Todd McKinnon and not worry about being compromised? Well,
2: it's really, it's really earned brick, brick by brick. I mean, we've built this company over the last eleven years, and really, the, the foundation of it is our customers. We have over eight thousand happy, successful customers, and those customers are our greatest voice for our brand in the market. And when you look at all the other preeminent cloud companies, the ones you mentioned. Salesforce, Workday, Amazon, Google, they listen to customers. When customers say, hey, you guys need to work with Okta to be successful, they've made us successful, that goes—that has a ton of leverage in the marketplace, and we partner with those companies to turn it back into success for those
1: customers. Well, I love on your website, there's two videos that are very good. One video shows that if you're internal and you want Okta, how easy your life is and how difficult it is without Okta because then they have to have a whole company devoted to identity within their own company. And the other is customers and, uh, uh, and trying to be sure that a customer on boards and can't basically has got to be trusted. I now feel uh, after what happened with Twitter, I am concerned that someone will hack me and say, I think Okta is going to get a takeover bid tonight at $400. Is there any way to assure that that can't happen?
2: Well, I, you know, it's interesting that the, the world the we live in is this information is all available. So we can go on Twitter and we can see what people think. We can collaborate. We can use all these platforms. So it's amazing for, for people and for society. But then the downside is these security risks. So the challenge every organization is facing and every person is facing is how do we balance the two? How do we make all this technology reach its potential without sacrificing security? So, um, when you when you look at Twitter, it's really important that on Twitter, Jim, you use two-factor authentication. You use the tools they provide to make it rock solid. Um, and if you're a company, you provide those same kind of tools to your employees. So their computing experience at work will be locked down and secure as their computing experience – as your customer's computing experience. But I don't want is. their so tools. Want I want Okta's
1: tools. How do I know if I'm yeah, getting well, Okta protection?
2: Yeah, well, we'll, I mean, we're happy to we're happy to provide our tools to anyone. But there's a bigger and, you know, that's our business, of course. But there's a bigger opportunity here. And that is just the consciousness of the whole uh, the whole industry to realize that, you know, we have to balance security with ease of use. And that's paramount for all of this technology to reach its potential.
1: Okay, so uh, I am, again, concerned, say, about the election. Mm -hmm. I want to do mail in ballot. I don't want to go because I'm afraid of covid. Uh, how do I know that my, that the government's going to get that right? Now, I'm not going to be hacked and my vote's not going to be changed.
2: Well, I, you know, this is to talk about technology and the and security being important. You know, another foundational thing of our society is democracy. And there's really nothing more important in terms of our future success as a country and as a, as a society. So this is really critical. And we recently did a survey where we surveyed 12,000 people in the U.S. and internationally as well. And they their sentiments echoed what you're saying. People want to be safe, right? They, don't, they want to be able to vote by mail. And we learned something really interesting. We learned that of the people that aren't registered to vote, the big reason why 14% of them aren't registered is because it takes too long to sign up. Oh. It's too hard to register. And they don't trust the security of it. And that's an identity problem. So that's so something that about- can help for us.
1: You can yeah, help for us. sure.
2: You think about the prevalence of identity and all these problems. We've talked about FedEx. We've talked about Seton Hall. Now we're talking about democracy itself and a challenge to, to democracy being people can't sign up for it and do it remotely.
1: Yeah, well, so that's I, exciting for us and, and,
2: and, and thinking how we can help do that securely.
1: All right. Well, we're counting on you, Todd, because frankly, after what happened with Twitter, a lot of us are afraid. And I know you'll take care of it because you guys have a great record. Todd McKinnon, CEO of Optin. Great to see you, sir. Thank Thanks, you. Jim. We're working hard all right, thank you very much. They Mike's back here for the break.
5: When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match
1: Somehow, I got a lot of press for talking about how the moves in some of these big cap tech stocks are insane. I can't believe it was even noteworthy when an entire index, the Nasdaq, is dominated by just a handful of names, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon, Google, and that same group accounts for 23 percent of the S&P 500. Well, you got to admit something's odd. When you consider that some of these stocks can easily vault by 50 billion in a single day, you have to admit that this, well, let's just say maybe this time is different. Now, you might think that that sounds pretty uncontroversial. But on Wall Street, these are fighting words. Whenever you say this time is different, it means you're trying to justify something insane. That's not what I intend to do, though. I'm simply pointing out that I've never seen anything like this move led by a handful of stocks. I am observing, not condoning, not judging. We hear a lot of comparisons to the dot-com era, but I think that's ridiculous. While there were some good companies in 1999 like Intel, Cisco and Qualcomm, you had a lot of had a ton of garbage. At best, they were run by jokers. At worst, entire businesses turned out to be big pump and dump schemes. We don't have anything like that right now. This time really is different. The tech stocks that are roaring represent fast growing companies that are incredibly lucrative, which is exactly what portfolio managers want. I think each of these uh, tech titans is what we call sui generis. Their valuations may seem crazy versus the rest of the market, but that's because they're not like the rest of the market. doesn't make it wrong, just different. They're not like anything I've ever seen. Let's take them one by one. First, Apple's got a $1.68 trillion market cap because they make the most coveted phone on Earth, and they now have a gigantic, profitable and highly sticky service revenue stream. Plus, the 5G upgrade cycle has really only just begun, but you have to believe that's going to be huge for them. There's literally nothing else like Apple. Microsoft has a $1.6 trillion market cap because it owns the PC, not just Windows, but all sorts of important applications, along with a rapidly growing cloud infrastructure business, Azure. There's nothing like Microsoft. Amazon, $1.565 trillion market cap because it's the biggest e-commerce company by far. And it's the best cloud infrastructure business, not to mention an amazing burgeoning advertising business. This is a company that's proved its mettle as the best way to get anything during the pandemic. That makes most of us afraid to go out, so we stay home and order from them. There's nothing else like Amazon. Alphabet has a $1 trillion market cap because it owns search with Google and it owns video with YouTube. They're essential to advertisers. There's nothing else like Alphabet. Facebook, for all the sturm and drag, has millions of users who use the platform to launch their own businesses and don't care about any of the stuff that you read about. Facebook may not be growing that fast, but Instagram's still huge, and ever since they embraced small business, the stock's been on fire, hence the nearly $700 billion valuation. You or I may not like their politics or whatever they are, but let's admit There's nothing else like Facebook. We hear that these stocks are expensive, but they're run by some of the smartest CEOs on earth, and each one is a rare source of growth in a slow economy. As long as business remains relatively weak, these stocks can keep climbing. What makes them so hard to value? First, most money is indexed these days, and index money is sticky. When 60% of the stocks are owned by index funds, the majority of your shareholders aren't going to sell. They just sit there. Plus, unlike the dot-com era, these tech behemoths don't need, they don't need to sell stock to stay afloat. They have very deep uh, pockets. The insiders aren't dumping stock like they did in, in 1999 and 2000. Finally, home gamers love ETFs, and there are a ton of ETFs that own these five mega-cap tech names, which is another reason why there seems to be so few natural sellers at these levels. Can they go down? Of course. Listen, here's what sends them down. If the economy gets stronger, if we can get COVID under control, either by having everyone wear masks or by getting a vaccine early next year, these stocks will underperform. I'm telling you, they will go down, especially if Congress also passes a generous stimulus package. That's bad for these companies, but that won't roll back their trillion dollar valuations, for uh, uh, give or take, for one simple reason. The time really is different, as Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, and Facebook are some of the greatest companies in history. Miss Price, maybe. Worth ringing the register on some, for sure. Still, these companies are very real, very dominant, with stocks that are very hard to part with for something else, even up here. Jack in New York. Jack. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, I wanted to get your
3: thoughts on freeport MacMoran. Given that earnings are on Thursday, I'm confused as to why the stock has not gone up more in recent days.
1: Well, because, look, it's, it's a Chinese player. Remember, more than half of the copper in the world is used by China. And if you want, the best part of uh, Freeport is gold. And that's why I like Barrack, symbol G-O-L-D. Eddie in North Carolina. Eddie. Hello, Jimmy Chiu. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you?
3: I'm great. Um, I was reading an article yesterday stating that Berkshire Hathaway has lost more market value in 2020 than all but four other publicly traded U.S. companies. Wow. Since the March 23rd bottom, Berkshire has only rebounded by about 18 or 19 percent,
1: while the S&P is up over 40 percent. Is Berkshire worth holding on to at this point? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, Berkshire, Berkshire would always tell you, look, it's not going to do well necessarily well in a really great rocket market. But they're very smart people, uh, and it's not just Warren Buffett. And uh, to give them up on them right here is uh, is a mistake, I think. Let's go to Vanessa in North Carolina. Vanessa.
5: longtime listener. My stock is Q2. It's it's trading at close to an all-time high of over $93. And I'm curious, what's your opinion about their fundamentals? How far do you think this stock can run, and at what price target would you buy?
1: You know, this is a good company. Um, but you're paying a very, very high price. This is uh, cloud-based virtual banking. People love, cl- stock market people love cloud-based virtual banking. I'm not as much in favor. Um, I prefer uh, when I do anything involving banking, I prefer JP Morgan. And there you go. All right, look, I, I, I've never seen moves like this. I haven't. I think that's what I'm really saying. I'm not like, wow, let's get these stocks higher. These are some of the greatest companies in history. Are their stocks too high? They're hard to value. Much more money, including my exclusive with the CEO of Logitech, as schools around the country, more reopening plans and remote working working continues. Is it worth considering the stock here? I'm talking the CEO after earnings. Then Plug Power, one I know you love, has surged in this market. But is there still more room to run it for this remarkable, just huge Zoom effort? Well, I got the CEO. And all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of The Lightning Round. So stay with... Let's talk Logitech. Here's a company that makes all sorts of computer accessories and gaming equipment, everything you need to set up a Zoom-friendly home office. Which is why the stock's been an incredible performing this year. I'm really ninety percent since we spoke to the CEO near the bottom in March, and boy, was he bullish, and therefore we were bullish. But this morning, Logitech reported a phenomenal quarter, and the stock went down. Was flying the ointment? No. Lodzik delivered a monster 30-cent earnings beat off a 34-cent basis, much higher than expected sales, up 23% year-over-year. Even better, the company raised its full-year forecast substantially, as if you watched the show last time the CEO was on, you probably would have known. I think it's all about timing why the stock didn't go up today. Lodzik had the misfortune of reporting on a day where the recovery stocks roared and the COVID winners went out of style. Plus, the stock had already run up dramatically going into the quarter, so we got to ask. Maybe this is the chance to get in one of those reason, reasonable sell offs. Let's drill down with Bracken Dow. he's the president and CEO of Logitech International. He had a clear picture of this great quarter in the future. Mr. Dow, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks so much for having me back, Jim. All right. So, while, just while we were putting the show together, Best Buy reported they broke in and basically said that business is up 15% since the stores reopened just now. I know you do business with Best Buy. This must be an unbelievable time this last couple of months.
6: It's been a remarkable time. You know, we, uh, first all the you know all the business moved online, and then people like Best Buy did have actually performed surprisingly well, moving their business online. And now that the stores are back open, I'm not surprised they're up 15 percent.
1: Do you think that if COVID were, uh, it's not going to happen, but if COVID were put out of its misery tomorrow, um, would some of these things go back to the way they were? Or are you so embedded now that we should be thinking this is secular and it's just going to keep happening regardless
6: I think uh, you know we we've been after these secular trends. I've been on your show and talked about them before. Video everywhere, the rise of esports, uh, work from anywhere, including your home. We view these as secular trends for years, and so we see this as just one big acceleration, without going back. This is this is kind of a one way street.
1: Uh, it looks like because I was looking at European numbers, it's, this is not an American story. Your Asian numbers again, not an American story. These are very impressive growth in some ways. Asia bigger than here.
6: Yeah. I mean, we were up 33 percent in Asia, 20, 23 percent in the U.S. So are in the Americas. So it, Asia was even stronger. And Asia, as you know, is dominated by China for us. And China is farther along on the pandemic road. So it, it gives us a lot of optimism for the
1: long term. Uh, I saw this percentage uh, increase in webcams. I, I mean, I guess you're not going to have a PC without a webcam, right? You just well,
6: you know, you can't. A lot of PCs are embedded, but a lot of people have uh laptops they have to they have to put somewhere and yeah, they get awkward angles webcam gives you a good one also you get a much better picture if you have a high quality webcam so of course i'm incredibly biased but but webcams our webcam business has done extremely well it's it's uh it's flying
1: no look like, we, I, I, we keep... see a lot of guests since the pandemic started and i wish that they had the re- the resolution that you have in your picture uh a lot of it is just is trash and it's just because people haven't Called Logitech or gotten it wherever you can get it from because your stuff is high quality and it's not that expensive. And I, to me, I, Chuck Robbins will be mad at this, but it seems like the same quality as WebEx. I don't know. WebEx is great, and I don't mean to like. De- WebEx is an amazing product. I was on it yesterday, but you have a similar look.
6: Yeah, you know, you know, our webcams—they're—they're they're really uh, super high quality. We're focused completely on webcams in that business, so. As a result, you get a, a better picture. You get, a, you know, you get a, you know, a really good Zoom appearance, and most people really prefer it. And, you know, you're on now, most of us are on now all day long, and you're right. looking at yourself over and over again like I am right now. And it's actually a downer if you don't look as good as you could. So getting one of our webcams does kind of pay off, even psychologically.
1: No, I know. I mean, I, one of the reasons uh, why Estee Lauder is doing so well is because of the Zoomy issue. People hate yeah. how they look. So you're right, if you look, I mean the resolution's so good here, you gotta throw some makeup on.
6: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And and you can you can get makeup or you can get a Logitech webcam. <laughs> Who'd have thought we could compete with Estee Lauder?
1: <laughs> True. All right, gaming up thirty-eight percent. Activision Blizzard, take two, okay. EA, Logitech did better than all of these. So you are the arms merchant to the gamers.
6: Uh, we we are we are you could call us the arms merchant you could call us the Nike of, of of esports but we're the we're the company that tries to equip those gamers whether they're pros or or people who want to be or just people who just want to have fun.
1: And then last uh, I don't think look I, most of the colleges I don't think they're going to be able to go back. I mean should they be ordering Logitech stuff now if they wait till back to school will there be enough?
6: You know we're we're working like crazy to make sure we have enough, especially for colleges and and uh, for for education of all levels, education, uh, healthcare. So we're we've really expanded our capacity of webcams to make sure people are ready, or we're ready for the for the, the what we think is coming. You might have seen our our um, iPad accessories business was up twenty percent, but but it was up fifty percent in education. And when we look out ahead of that, we see an even higher growth curve. So. I think education can be really big for us. I think you're going to have every you're going to need one to one student to to computing device. And that includes webcams and mice and keyboards and everything. So, yep. yeah, we're I, optimistic about education.
1: I am absolutely convinced that if you wait until August and you have a kid going to college, you might. I mean, I know you're working 24 seven, but you may not be able to meet. I mean, it's a high quality problem, but you may not be able to meet the demand from what I see happening in this country.
6: Well, I, you know, and, and the interesting thing is, it's really happening all over the world. It's happening in Japan. It's happening in Europe. And you know, we have a very strong education business right now in Japan. So I think you're right. And, you know, we're 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 bullish on education for our business. We're bullish on healthcare. Those verticals look super strong. Uh, and then, of course, it's just the broad work from home is not going to go away. You know, people have been getting, people are getting used to this, Jim, and, and people are liking it. They may want to go back there. to the, socialize, but they want to work at home a
1: lot too. All right. Well, look, congratulations on an amazing quarter, which, again, you told us what you could do when you were on with us. You've always been straight with us. And I love you when you come on. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Good or bad. You've always been straight with us. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. you, Bracken down, President CEO of Logitech. Again, go back to that last interview. It was really a prediction of what occurred. That money's back It is time let's start to the lightning round first one another season And then the lightning round is over Are you ready? Ski dance over the lightning round. Let's start with Quentin in Georgia. Quentin
3: Tim, thanks for all you do, and more importantly, thank you to your incredible staff.
2: You've got Oh, they are so the smart.
1: Bad.
3: Smart people. Um
2: Jim, I got a stock question for you uh, with the push in rural broadband
1: and a lot of call option activity. What is your take on um, Comsco, I I don't know, man. That stock has been completely hammered. I hate to recommend a stock on a takeover basis. It's been doing quite poorly. Uh, I'm taking a pass on that $9 stock after this little bluff, uh, biff up right here. Let's go to Sherry in Illinois. Sherry. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, Sherry. Thanks for taking my call
0: and doing this show. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, I've been waiting for a long time to sell
5: Walgreens stock with a cost basis of 71. Should I cut my losses now? We so do not care where
1: the stock came from, Cheryl. We care where it's going to. This was the first time this company has reported a really bad number and the stock didn't go down. That means you should own the stock, not sell it, okay? That is a, that is a just a textbook tell. That this stock did not get hurt on that bad quarter. Let's go to Randy in Washington. Randy.
3: Yeah, booyah, Sir Kramer. Yeah. I'm retired, and I've watched your show for years, every day.
1: Thank you. And
3: what, was wondering how your vacation was.
1: Uh, it, my vac- uh, you know, we had kind of like a big family quarantine going there, so it wasn't as rowdy as I would have liked. How about that? But it was fun. Oh. Yeah, fun in the garden. What's up?
3: Okay, for information on the markets and stocks, with no
1: fees, yours is the best deal on TV. Thank you. My, my question is on uh, Haynes Brands. Oh, I like Haynes Brands. I got to tell you, I went to ShopRite. I got the uh, the mask that they make. That was very clever. They're doing much better. Also, VF Corp's doing better. PVH. Uh, I think Haynes Brands is a buy. I want to go to Mike in Florida, please. Mike. Yo, what's up, Jimmy Chill? The Chill Man was very tough on some people this morning, but they had it coming. What's going on?
3: What do you think of every casino fintech operator? They're in
1: every Las Vegas
3: casino. Hey, oh, and all right, the I okay,
1: okay. I, you win. I'm not fighting every anymore. Everybody likes every. I can see why they like it. They are in all the casinos. It's a $5 stock. I am now blessing it for speculation. As I look at my executive producer, Regina Gilligan, and I think she thinks Jim has given in to the speculators with every and plug power. But sometimes it happens. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning
4: Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
1: We've seen some incredible moves in the hydrogen fuel cell stocks. That's part to the fabulous run in Tesla. Everything connected to electric fuels vehicles, it's become red hot. But we've been burned by the fuel cell stocks before. Every few years, they come back in style on the Wall Street Fashion Show, then fall apart again because the technology, well, let's just say it's too early. Still, i got to wonder, could this time be different? Are fuel cells an idea whose time has come? Consider the case of plug power, which makes fuel cell technology for a more efficient type of forklift, one that can be charged much faster than legacy models. In other words, this is a now real company, real customers, including Amazon, Home Depot, Walmart. But Buck Powers also has some great ambitions. They want to be a component of part of the electric vehicles business as soon as the infrastructure is in place to support cars and trucks powered by hydrogen fuel cells. That ambition is why the stock's been able to more than double since May. Again, Plug Power's been a publicly traded company for more than 20 years, and historically, fuel cells have been a bad bet. This time, though, Plug Power's got real revenue, and they had positive earnings before interest, taxes, and depreciation and amortization last year. They closed on two important acquisitions that make them more of a vertically integrated play on the hydrogen fuel cell business. Stocks had an enormous run, and I could see it going either way, which is why we need more information. So let's check in with Andy Marsh, the president CEO of Plug Power to get a better read on his company and its prospects. Mr. Marsh, welcome to Mad Money. Well,
3: pleasure to meet you, Jim, and please call me Andy.
1: All right, Andy, I'll do that. So Plug Power has been an exciting stock for a long time. It's had its ups and its downs. Is that era now over, Andy, given these two acquisitions and the base of clients that want hydrogen fuel cells?
3: Well, Jim, when I take a step back, during this recent pandemic, 25% of retail food in the United States moved through Plug Powers products. And many of the internet home retail that people have received came through Plug Powers products. So as you mentioned in your introduction, this is a real company with real business. The acquisitions actually completes the complete total system solution we bring customers. So for Amazon, we built the hydrogen stations, we provide the fuel cells, we provide the aftermarket service, and now we can
1: provide them green hydrogen. All right, so let's talk about that. You have said and committed in all of your publications that you will never do anything but green, that that is just the way of the world for you. Why is this the cleanest fuel? You know,
3: when you think about green hydrogen, you have to think about the feedstock. And I think people understand clearly if you take solar, you take wind, if you take hydropower and you combine it with plug power's electrolyzers, the outputs green hydrogen with zero carbon footprint. And Jim, we're not, we're not doing this because, you know, we're doing this because our customers told us they want green solutions. And this is how we went about solving the problem they put in
1: front of us. All right. So Elon Musk, who is revered in this country, at least in the stock market part of the country, famously called f- fools, <laughs> called you that this is fuel cells, <laughs> yeah. not fuel cells. <laughs> so why should I believe you over Elon Musk?
3: I think Elon Musk has done some of the coolest things in the world landing a rocket in the middle of the ocean, building Tesla. But you know, um, when you start thinking about why batteries don't work, especially for commercial vehicles long term, especially things like class three to class eight trucks, fuel cells are one tenth the size and much lighter. So, you know, as DHL told me, do they want to be carrying batteries around in their delivery vans? Or do they want to be delivering packages? So I listen to DHL. People buy products. But I got to tell you, I'm hoping one day Mr. Musk buys from Plug Power because we'd be happy to work with him.
1: OK, now, I mean this is very exciting. I have been a huge believer in the gas business. I mean, whether it be Lindy, whether it be uh, air products, you bought a hydrogen company. I mean, how did you get that, and where does that make it fit in so that you can actually make the end-market product cheaper and more efficient?
3: So, Jim, first, uh, I am the biggest seller of hydrogen today for fuel. And you're right. I buy today hydrogen from good people like Lindy, who's been a good partner for Flood power for a long time. But when we look at competitive landscape long-term, So much of it has to do with the lower costs of renewables. And if you're thinking about solar power and wind power at four to five cents a kilowatt hour, you you can provide hydrogen at the same cost as you can producing that hydrogen from natural gas. So if you're a customer like Walmart and you have sustainability goals, are you going to buy gas, which is coming from a fossil fuel, or gas, which is carbon neutral. And I think our customers told us they want gas that's carbon neutral. And I think many of the folks that we buy from today could be partners in the future.
1: Okay, well, you do have partners uh, that own stock, uh, and these are great partners. Have they ever talked to you about registering their stock and selling it? Or do they want to be in with you for the long term as a real partner, not just an investor?
3: I... uh, you know, those, those, those customers have been in the company for three to four years and uh, they continue to look at ways to expand and build plug power well beyond those fuel cells you see behind us. They're quite interested in our hydrogen planning our activities. They're quite interested in on-road vehicles. They're quite interested in large-scale backup power systems. So they spent a lot of time with us developing our product and technology roadmaps for the future. We wouldn't be the largest manufacturer in the United States today of MEAs, which is the critical component in fuel cells, without the encouragement and support of people like Walmart.
1: Is there any way, and I'm sure Walmart wants this too, but is there any way, I don't know how you make a stock less volatile. You're uh, always in the top 12 for the Robin Hood traders. Uh, the, your stock is what I call football. They buy it, they sell it, they buy it, they sell it. When are you going to get that institutional base that will make it so plug power is right alongside uh, a lot of the great, uh, uh, right alongside an air products or right alongside some of the um, companies that make um, other forms of energy? So that it's not crazily traded.
3: So, Jim, first, I'm happy to have all my shareholders. But if you go back 12 months, our institutional ownership was about 25 percent. Today, as we speak, it's over 45 percent. And just to give you a feel of the institutional interest over the last 60 days over Zoom like this, I've done over 130
1: one-on-one investor meetings. Wow. That's how much institutional interest there is in this stuff. Well, look, i got to tell you, as soon as I saw you do those two acquisitions, I said, i got to get Plug Power, and this is not the Plug Power that I'm used to. This is a vertically integrated energy company. Sir, thank you so much for coming on May Have Money. It's great to meet you, Andy. Thank you,
3: Jim. What a pleasure. Thank you.
1: That's Andy Marsh, presidency of Plug Power. Look, everyone knows that I was dismissing Plug Power till these acquisitions and these partners. And I got to tell you, call me a believer. Man Money's back after the break. Three things. If the economy gets stronger, then the fabled NASDAQ COVID-19 stocks will go down. Two, yes, it's okay to speculate. And I was impressed by Plug Power. I really was. And then three, yes, a mask can slow down the infection. If the infection slowed down, more jobs come back. We get stimulus at the same time, and you'll be buying the two-thirds of the market that is not up yet, that is part of the S&P. So remember, everything's in flux at this very moment, but I do say it's okay to speculate with some of your money, and I understand you want to do it, and I'm blessed, or else I wouldn't have said good things about Every and good things about Plugged Power still can't believe I did that. Wow. It's a new dawn. Well, like I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I try trying to find it just for you or your own man money. I'm Jim Cramer and I will see you tomorrow.
0: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do.